everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Allman, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, Mike. We both had a lot of stuff going on. And, yeah. Uh, sorry to our listeners that it's been so long that, uh, since we've been making an episode, but um, I don't think that's, uh, that they really care about that. They're just happy to, to hear us again. And we're happy to be back. So why don't we get right into it, Mike, and talk about yeah. uh, some new exclusive cards that will be uh, available through Secret Lair Drop from an IP that isn't magic, just right. like last year. Tell me about these. So, I mean, it, I was going to say, our, our whole thing was the fact that our, our lives literally got turned upside down. And speaking of, the Stranger Things set. From from the secret lair, right. right? You know, we had this, we had a conversation about this, and frankly, the magic community at large did uh, when the Walking Dead secret lair was announced. And it's oh, well, these are cards that are going to be legal in Commander, and do they fit with what's going on? And oh man, you can only get them in the secret lair. Ugh. You know what? All of those points were valid. I totally got the conversation. We had a conversation about that as well. Go ahead and back listen back to that episode. It's a part of the reality that we're dealing with with Magic, with Wizards of the Coast, with the way that they print cards. I get it. It makes sense for them to do this. So I'm kind of over that conversation, especially because these cards are pretty cool. Or at least a couple of these cards are very cool. Yeah, there so, are two cards in particular that we would like to talk about. And yeah. uh, Again, Stranger Things, I watched part of season one. It didn't hook me. So... Mm-hmm. This may be the different case for Mike, but for myself, I'm not really going to be talking about like how these cards relate to the characters because I don't know and I really don't care, frankly. Sure. I'm just interested <laughs> in these really cool new political avenues with this new mechanic, <laughs> new quote unquote mechanic that uh, I will briefly touch on before we get started here. And that new mechanic is Friends Forever, Mike. Man, uh, I love it. Friends Forever is a reskin of partner you may have two commanders if both of them have friends forever but unlike partner and partner with this is an entirely separate pool of partners that can partner with each other but not with any other commander that has partner or partner with it's kind of like horsemanship and flying they both mean (laughs) flying but they're not compatible with each other right exactly so both Of the two cards we're going to be talking about, and in fact, each of the commanders, uh, except for one, in this secret lair box, have friends forever. We're only going to be talking about two of them, and specifically, some of the things we might be able to get up to when we pair the two of them together to command a deck. So, Mm -hmm. why don't we start with Will the Wise? Sure. Will the Wise is, for white and a black, a legendary creature human. It's a 1-2. When Will the Wise enters or leaves the battlefield, each opponent may investigate. Each opponent who doesn't loses one life. You investigate X times, where X is one plus the number of opponents who investigated this way. And he has friends forever. This is... I mean, Mike, what do you, what do you want to say about this? This is great. It's good. It's good. It's I, I don't make... Of the token decks that I make, yeah. I don't make a lot that usually rely on clues, but I've always wanted to try and 
bring them into the fold in a couple of different ways. And right. Having a political commander, and more importantly, a two mana cost commander mm-hmm. that cares about when it enters and leaves. I mean, that's that's good value. And it is good value. At the very least, the be. Here's the thing. I'm I'm excited that this is one of those, you know, it's not group hug because it is political. It is like, hey, I am going to get this. You get more. It, you know, I'll, I'll get more if, if mm-hmm. everybody else wants to participate. And I kind of like that because you're not forcing anything on anybody. Well, at this point. you're not technically forcing. I like that this has both some of the carrot and the stick, right? Yes. You have the carrot of, okay, you can get this free investigate, which is... That you will uh, create a clue token that has, uh, it's an artifact token, the activated ability, pay two tap and sacrifice, that uh, that clue's controller will draw one card, which is pretty average value, right, for drawing for a sure. card. That's okay. Um, but that's not really all that a clue represents, because there's mm-hmm. clue synergy there's artifact synergy and there's token synergy it is an artifact token um there's drawing synergy and then you have on the other side of this if they don't want to take the clue because they don't want you to get a clue get a clue mike then they'll lose one life and that can make for some interesting scenarios now obviously players aren't going to care about losing one life but if your deck with Will at the helm, has that synergy whenever a player loses life, then triggers happen. Mm-hmm. Now we have a bit more of a carrot and stick scenario, Mike. What do you think? Exactly. And th- and that's kind of where I'm at. I-, I like that this is... I like that this is a card where there are enough things going on and it makes sense. It kind of it kind of gives me the Kaneos and Tiro. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of words... That just says, I'm going to have the ability to draw a card and play a land. Everybody else, you get to do one of those things. Yeah. That's how I always have to explain it. Yeah. If if I read out Kineos and Tiro, no one's going to understand it. So listen, you do one or the other, I do both. That's it. Right. And and I kind of dig that. And it it has a similar effect, as far as I'm concerned, but more in a political way. Where, Mm -hmm. hey, you can investigate or lose a life. I'm going to investigate once plus once more for every person who investigates. Right. Once for yourself cool. and then once for each player. Yep. yep. I, I, I dig Will. Will is, Will is interesting. Yeah. We'll come back to that because I want to talk about some cards that will go well with Will. But before mm. that, Mike, let's talk about Lucas. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So Lucas is another two mana commander, uh, blue red. So an is it commander. That is a 1-3 legendary creature human that you tap and sacrifice an, sacrifice an artifact. Lucas the Sharpshooter deals 1 damage to target creature. Goad that creature and goad again as the mechanic until your next turn that creature attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. Also has friends forever, so again, another one of the unique partner. Uh, well, I guess less unique. <laughs> it does it, Again, not partner with, just partners with every other one that has partners with it. anyway i lucas is a fun card to me mm-hmm. i don't 
it, it, it's one of those things. Like my my only complaint about the card would be that ah, I don't know if I like blue red for this commander. And it's like, oh, by the way, it's mm. it's not. It's 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 friends forever. It's, it is. It's going to be forever. getting you lots of different colors as far as you, I'm concerned. Um, this is another interesting one. I do I do dig it. What do you think, Alex? I really like these two two mana commanders that mm-hmm. have they do a lot of interesting things, but they're not very explosive. They're just grinding out that value. And it's not boring value. This is fun value. We're sacrificing an artifact. We're pinging a creature, which is not nothing. We'll get back to that. Right. And that creature is goaded, mm-hmm. which is a forced attack. Um, and you're right. The most limiting factor here is that Lucas is blue-red and that it only pings one thing at a time. But when we combine that with another partner, say, Will the Wise... Now we also have access to white and black. Mm-hmm. And we can start to do a lot of very interesting things with each of these. The most immediate and obvious thing that will happen is you'll make clue tokens with Will the Wise, and then mm-hmm. Lucas the Sharpshooter can sacrifice those tokens to pin creatures and goad them. This is the simplest iteration of the loop with no synergy on it at all. That's just kind of right. them bouncing off of each other. And I think... Right off the bat, that's a new and interesting thing in and of itself, Mike. I think that even though that's not very powerful, that's an interesting interaction that we haven't seen before. This make a clue and either draw a card when you sacrifice it or turn it into this sort of forced combat value. It's very unique. It is. Uh, In my head, I'm sitting here going, you have to make this very carefully. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be clunky. Yeah, it is going to be clunky. And, and I, I, again, I like, I like all uh, you know. Not to not to go into crazy detail on the rest of of, of the cards for the secret layer, but I like the idea on most of the cards. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it's it's. I'm sitting here doing the. These are all pretty well designed. I wish we had this amount of effort put into every card that we made but obviously you can't do that because it's a secret lair and it's its own kind of like its own little mini set and they're all legendary creatures it's totally fine don't get right. me wrong it's just okay this is a thing that does a very specific thing and how do we synergize it with the other commanders because let's be real you're i mean i don't know how many of these are going to go into the 99 of another deck specifically because they're secret lair cards you know if you're buying them you're probably going to make them the lead singer of your deck well lead singers i guess because it's partners yeah i mean these are they're legendary creatures and i think that even though legendaries can of course go into the 99 the first thing that somebody will think that i think when i see a legendary creature is what would a deck with this at the helm look like right and with lucas Commander that Lucas by himself is most evocative of to me is Grenzo Havoc Razor, which is Red Red, a two-mana commander, legendary creature, Goblin Rogue. He's a 2-2 with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, choose one. First option, goad target creature that player controls. 
and option two, exile the top card of that player's library until in a turn you, you may cast that card and use mana as though or mana of any color. Um, it's similar in that very, very low cost, two mana commander. That's great. You're hitting one creature at a time. That's not so great. So where can we go from there? What options do we have to sort of round out what Lucas would look like and will goes a long way toward making this deck more interesting. I think that by themselves, either one of these, yeah, I mean, most commander decks are one note, but Mm -hmm. these are almost like uncommon commanders by themselves. If they didn't have partner, you'd think that they would be uncommons, but they do have partner. And so we have some options. I will say the one thing that I don't think I was giving enough credit to Lucas for. Yeah. Um, when you think of goading, uh, goading effects, yeah. How many do you think of that have instant speed on it? Even uh, just for one yeah. creature, like the the ability to kind of hold that on mm-hmm. the course of the table at the same time does feel pretty powerful in its own way to me. Like this is a rattlesnake. It is of you basically get to tell the table after you play Lucas and are capable of tapping it, just say, hey, let me know before you go to your combat step. Mm -hmm. To the table, which means everything they do has to have that extra little bit of, you know, choice paralysis on, well, if I go to combat, are you going to do something to me? I don't know, am I? And it's... yeah, I, I, I didn't think about that when I first looked at the card, and now that I'm thinking about it, that... That seems pretty nuts. That is an excellent point, Mike. I didn't really consider how powerful the instant speed activation is. Um, And we have to be careful about the timing, right? Because once once the uh, opponent has gone to their combat phase, and it's passed from the beginning of combat phase into the declare attacker step, um, at that point, in the declare attacker step, once they've begun to declare attackers, it's too late for us to goad yeah. at that point. We can goad it, but it won't do anything because right. as a turn-based action, that player is going to be declaring their attackers before we would even get priority. So nothing will happen. We need to be doing it at the very beginning of combat, that is before they declared any attackers in mm-hmm. the beginning of combat phase or before even that in the pre-combat main phase. And, I mean, just to have it up there as a, hell, I, I don't know, uh, somebody puts out an it that it that betrays. Okay, great. That's going to go somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. I do kind of dig that. Okay. Uh, mo- yeah, moving along. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, that was an excellent point here. Let's talk about some of the options that we have yeah. to enhance what's going on with these commanders assuming that we partner them together now we have a four color non-green deck which is always very interesting right because i think that green's the most powerful color you take that out and now you can make anything but it's not going to have ramp in it (laughs) and it's going to have some interesting ways to do mana fixing exactly well. well let's talk about this card and i think this is the first one that everybody thought about because it just came out this year that is just slotting right into this deck. Like, that's Academy Manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Three-mana artifact creature assembly worker. It's a 1-3. If you would create a clue, food, or treasure token, instead create one of each. Um, 
so just explosive value, right? When you mm-hmm. get Luke, uh, when you get Will in, you're getting three tokens. And then when you blink him out and in, that's three tokens apiece. That's six. Two mm-hmm. clues, two foods, two treasures. Um, and that's at minimum. Right. So two out of those three. Yeah, I mean, they're not phenomenal value. The clue and the food are okay. The treasure token is immediate mana value. You right. can just turn that into mana right away or at any time that you need to. And I, th- I think that's the one that everyone would be very excited about when making those extra treasure yeah, tokens. Yeah. Um, but we don't just want this because we're getting this trigger on Will. And it's only when he ETBs and when he hail TBs. So when you hear that, you're not thinking, okay, well, I'll play him and then maybe he'll die and maybe I'll recast him for four. No, we want to right. blink him. Yeah, right? we've got to figure out something. We want to way. exile him and return him back to the battlefield. And we want to be doing that all the time, right? So, yeah. Right it's, up. Yeah. It's kind of weird because. I don't think that, you know, we're looking it, it, most of the time when you're looking at a, you know, black, white card mm-hmm. that cares about leaving the battlefield, you're, you're going more into that. Well, you're not going into blink necessarily is the main point. Mm-hmm. And you need to blink more than reanimate or anything else that you would traditionally do. Yeah. Because the value that you get from the clue tokens on this has to synergize with something else right and if if you're suddenly casting will for six mana because he's died twice Mm-mm, not working that's that's not great no no you know, no this, this needs to have a conjurer's closet kind of thing where it's coming yeah, back exactly. over and over again that's the next one i wanted to talk about perfect there we go. conjurer's closet's a five mana artifact at the beginning of your end step you may exile target creature you control then return that card to the battlefield under your control so remember, we get a trigger on ETB and LTB. So that's going to make two clue tokens, one for each. But yep. what are we going to do with all these clue tokens? Because we're not going to be necessarily be ready to sack all of them right away. We're not necessarily going to be ready to activate all of their abilities and draw a bunch of cards. It's two mana for each one. What are some other things we can do, Mike? Here's one of my favorite cards. And I think you're going to be very excited the moment I say it. Blink Moth Urn. Yep. Is a five mana artifact at the beginning of each player's pre combat main phase. If Blink Moth Urn is untapped, that player adds a colorless mana for each artifact they control. And with all of these clues that we're giving to ourselves and also to our opponents, who will then want to take them to get that mana, giving us more clues. Now everybody's making a ton of mana, and we have right. a real bunch of shenanigans going on now. Always big on the Battle Cruiser magic and like really pumping out the ability for everybody to empty their hands and right. do all the stuff. And that's a cool way of being able to synergize that with Will. Absolutely. Um, I do like that. I was I was sitting here debating, is is he going to say Blink Moth? Or is he going to say Inspiring Satuary? <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring Satuary is a good option. I actually didn't include that on this one. But that is an interesting one. Inspiring Satuary is a three-mana artifact that says uh, non-artifact spells that you cast have improvised, which means just like Convoke, uh, while you are paying for that spell, mm-hmm. while you're casting it, after you've finished activating all of your mana abilities, including mana rocks, then you can tap any other artifacts you want to. Each of those will pay one generic mana, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Because now sure. all of these clues 
are little mini moxen which is just great uh mike what's something else that turns a bunch of artifacts into moxen and is a little stronger than that how about urza yeah Yeah. (laughs) how about urza lord high artificer two double blue for a legendary creature human artificer you be careful running this one um pay one and uh one power four toughness for when urza lord high artificer enters the battlefield make a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control and then the big money one tap an untapped artifact you control add blue and then we also have the pay five mana shuffle your library exile the top card and then you may play that card without paying its mana cost um i would say this is sort of like the enabler to win con right you would put this out yeah when you have a bunch of clues and say okay now i win the game right right you don't I, want to play this yeah. early on yeah, yeah. it's it's know. dirty but you know mike you know mike <laughs> you know, as, with as cards you gotta win the game there, i'm cool yeah as long as the disclaimer is out there i'm right. cool with it this card is extremely powerful and be careful running it but when yep. it's time to win the game it's time to win the game and Absolutely. if you need a win con and you have a ton of artifact tokens urza probably he could help see in my head the idea that I was going with was like, you know what? Let's just make as many artifact tokens of everything we possibly can. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, you know, what What else can we do? Let's get Tago out there, play a land, yeah. get a rock token. Let's get every type of thing where we can just make zero mana artifacts. And then, you know what? Artifact creatures get plus one, plus one. And mm-hmm. just start doing that. How about... Uh, I, I like it. I like where you're going. Here. Mechanized production. Yep. Right, two double blue for an enchantment aura enchant artifact you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that is a copy of enchanted yeah. artifact. Then if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name, you mm-hmm. win the game. So Not clues sweet. all have the same name. This is a yep. alternate win con. And like I get that. But in my head, because I'm I'm an I'm a nincompoop, I was very excited not to cast that and put it on the token but to cast that and put it on the thing that made me food tokens treasure tokens and clue tokens oh my gosh the others yeah you want to talk about exponential growth there we go i want i want them all yeah Uh, that'd be really fun slap that on academy (laughs) manufacturer and ooh. wait wait a second if you make a token yeah okay so help me out with this now this is oh boy i knew you were gonna do this to me I didn't mean to, but if I if I if I have two of those out, okay, yeah. and then I make a clue token, yeah, that means I make two food tokens and two treasure tokens. Because there's another instance of that. Do I also keep, does that bounce back and forth? It doesn't bounce back and forth, but it does iterate on itself, right? Okay. So when you make a clue token. Instead of making that clue token, you'll make one of each. But instead of doing that, you'll make one of each. So it'll go from three to nine, three of each. Good lord. Um, okay. Maybe I, I take it back. I don't want to make more than one copy of the thing. I still want to make more. I still want to make two of them total. Yeah. But I do not want to make one every turn because I can't math that high. Okay, so we've I'm talked a little bit about will. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. a little bit about what Lucas is doing and maybe some ways that we can make that a little bit spicier. Here's sure. another one that mm, this rounds out the top of my Nindec, which I think I've talked about before. 
And this is what I bring out when it's time for things to get really serious. Will Breaker. Yeah. Just three blue blue for a creature human wizard. Two three. Whenever a creature an opponent controls becomes the target of a spell or ability. Ability. You control. Gain mm-hmm. control of that creature for as long as you control Will Breaker. So you're dealing one damage to an opponent's creature. Now it's yours. And it's attacking. <laughs> it's goaded. <laughs> <laughs> Haha, this creature that I've stolen cannot attack me. Wait, but, it's until your next turn. So maybe, yeah. you know what, never mind. Doesn't matter. You know, Point it's is, good, good, clean yeah. fun. I really like it's it. It's a good one. Um, there are a lot of things you can do when you're pinging something for one, right? Oh, you sure. could give it Basilisk Collar, put that on Lucas, yep. and now that one ping is a death touch. Now you're killing creatures and that's on that rattlesnake, right? You have the option. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my rattlesnake. I can kill. This is Avatar of Woe now. I can destroy any one of your creatures, or I can steal any one of your creatures. Don't make me do it. Yeah. I mean, it it turns into a position where if you've got either of those out, now it's a... You put a, you put a hold on everybody else's turn. Mm-hmm. And basically, when it comes to just at the end step before your turn, mm-hmm. well, now what have you got for me? Right. Because you, you can hold this up until somebody gives you a reason to use it, but you still want to get your value out of it mm-hmm. more times than not. So, Well, let's talk about some of that value that isn't necessarily just holding a sort of Damocles over everyone's head, right? How about this sure. one? Duelist Heritage. Yeah. Duelist Heritage, two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures attack... You may have target attacking creature gain double strike until end of turn. So when Lucas pings that opponent's creature and goads it, now when that creature attacks and it has to, you can give it double strike. And if you picked a big juicy one, it's going to hit really hard. Yeah. It's, man, the idea of, first of all, I'm I'm pretty sure even, even if the, uh, Excuse me. Even if we were looking at different types of partners and things like that, because, you know, you and you and I in this podcast lean into more of a political group hug kind of sense. Yeah. Um, Even if we weren't, I still think that this would be the combination of the two creatures that I would want to play with and partner up. They're just so interesting. It's you get to do a lot of dynamic stuff like it's. So talking about another four-color commander that doesn't have green, Brea is incredibly interesting because of the amount of versatility that that, that commander has. That's right. And it drives me crazy because I sit here and I I, I I get choice paralysis. I don't know what to make with the deck. I don't know what I want to do with it. So I just kind of say, you know what? Never mind. I'm right. leave this to the side. Right. But doing this with Lucas and Will... You are still doing an artifact synergy deck that bases ideas off of these two political commanders that also cost a total of four mana together mm-hmm. and have some interesting roads that you can go down without being crazy all over the place at the same time. And I really, I, I, I do find that interesting with these two. Yeah, I think that. There's appeal in in both ways, right? There's this appeal in a commander that is super open-ended and can apply to Mm -hmm. a bunch of different archetypes, like 
Brea or like Canaeus Interior or Atraxa. Right. These four color commanders, and there's a lot of them, four and five color commanders that lend themselves to any number of strategies and they can do very well in a lot of them. But that isn't always what you want. Like you said, you can get that choice paralysis. You have too many options. But with mm-hmm. Will and Lucas, yeah, you have options, but you're being led down this path. We want to be working with artifacts, clue tokens specifically, um, pinging, blinking, death touch, politics. We're not very narrow, but we're also not so wide open that there's nowhere to go, right? Right. No, and, and that's that's pretty interesting with this specifically, and I do like it. Um, speaking of some of those options and different places they can go, uh, what other cards are you looking at for this? I'm like, I guess so mini deck tech, mini, mini deck tech. Yeah, uh, you caught me, Mike. This is these are cards that I have on a deck list. This is not a ready deck. This is not even <laughs> a deck that is in testing. This is a preliminary list of cards mm-hmm. that I've pulled together. That's why I'm not reading off like, oh, and what do you have for ramp? I'll tell you what I have for ramp. All signets and all talismans because this right. deck is not ready yet. <laughs> it's a rough draft of a rough draft. I got you. Exactly. But we do have some interesting options here. Um, for Will, this is a card that shows up in other formats, but not a ton in our format so much. And that's Eldrazi Displacer. Mm-hmm. Eldrazi Displacer is two and a white for an Eldrazi, 3-3 with Devoid, and that part doesn't really matter. And it has an activated ability, pay two and colorless to exile another target creature and then return to the battlefield under its owner's control. Um, Just having that ability to instant speed Blink Will at any time Mm -hmm. for three mana and make that artifact clue token, and now... You have this situation of, you know, Mike, there's not going to be too many times when someone's like, oh, if I could only draw one card. But you know what? Having that ability to, what what would you call it? The reversal rattlesnake, right? It's the, um, what would you call it? The the quittance, the, the patronage, the gift. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a present. It, the present, right. So yeah. now we have the it's rattle. It's a coupon. The, the rattle present snake. And sure. <laughs> the the rattle present snake is pay three mana. All right, who wants clues? It's like Temple Bell, right? You decide yeah. when you want to ring the Temple Bell, and everyone will draw a card at that time. Likewise, it draws a displacer. You pay three. You decide when you want to blink will, or maybe you have another card in your deck that has ETBs. A lot of them do, mm-hmm. and this is going to work perfectly with him. You're going to have everyone uh, investigate. If they don't, they'll lose a life. And for everyone who does, you'll get a clue token. Um, which you can then use at instant speed to do more shenanigans with Lucas, right? Yeah. No, I like this. I, I like I, I like that a lot. Again, leaning into the blink effect to let's get Will out there right. as often as we possibly can. Mike, here's one that's really spicy, but yeah. this is a very common hold on, card. Hold on. We just I just want to make sure you said Urza before, and this is a okay. spicy card. This this is spicy in a not win the game way okay fair enough all right (laughs) how about scrap trawler oh okay scrap trawler is a three mana artifact creature construct three two whenever scrap trawler or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield return to your hand target artifact card from the graveyard with less of mana value now obviously the clues 
Those are zero CMC. You can't get those. But in this deck, we are sacrificing artifacts, which means you're probably going to be running a lot of different artifacts mm-hmm. and sacrificing them all the time because you're always going to have that artifact sacrifice outlet on Lucas. But along that, those lines, uh, just like you said, we're not just talking about what these two commanders can do. We're talking about including uh, the idea of their strategy, having artifacts, maybe artifact creatures, maybe modular, maybe like Arcbound Ravager. But if we're working with artifacts and sacrificing artifacts, we have to include Krart Clan Ironworks, yeah. which is a four mana altar. It's an artifact, sacrifice an artifact to add two colorless to your mana pool. Now all of those clues have become two mana. So every time that you blink, well, that's two mana for you, and then two additional mana for each opponent that takes a clue. And now we're really cooking, Mike. <laughs> cooking with artifact gas. Exactly. <laughs> we have a lot of interesting stuff that can go in here. I'm excited to maybe flesh out this deck and, and maybe make something out of it. Yeah, um, please do. Yeah. Um, because I, I am interested to see which direction directions it goes. I again, like I said, I think this is a deck where it's gonna go in a direction probably different from the way that it's built the first time. Like right. I, I think this is one of those decks that's gonna get revised several times as opposed to like a oh, it's a tribal deck. You know what I mean? Like there are artifact decks that you know exactly what they're gonna do right off the bat. And I think yeah. this one is gonna do a couple of different things. And then you go, wow, it really is cool to get Academy. <laughs> it's a, it's great to get all of these extra tokens out whenever I get a clue. Right. So maybe I'm going to do something with that. Or maybe it turns into a big mana X spell deck without Hydras. Right. Because all of these artifacts turn into mana. I don't know. I, it just, it's a cool combination. I'm excited to see what you do with it. I'm excited to see what other people do with it. But I, I don't know if everyone's going to be as politically minded as as we are with these two cards which is why i'm excited to give it my take on it right i want to see what i can do with it and uh maybe give us a a few weeks or a few months here and maybe we'll have a deck tech for these two yeah i dig that maybe we we might go into an in-depth version of this right uh this deck tech or you know maybe it just shows up uh on on a stream at some point with uh with you pilot yeah we'll see what happens our our good boys will and lucas (laughs) um yeah so that would be pretty cool to see and you know there's a lot of different things that we want to see and if you want to see any of those cards that we've talked about or you want to order this secret layer or you want to do a whole bunch of other stuff and help out the podcast while you do so you can go to bit.ly slash edh underscore social and there we're going to be able to get a little bit of support to the podcast itself. You're going to help Alex and me as you do the thing that you're going to do anyway. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably buy magic cards. Or at the very least, you care enough about magic cards that you want to protect them and all that good stuff. Help us out. We greatly appreciate it. Alex, if people want to bug you, and by bug you, I mean give you an opportunity to talk about this deck that you're thinking about making, how could they reach you? <laughs> Well, don't ask me about that yet. We're still in the earliest stages, and I, I hope you would all know that I built decks slow, slow and steady. Um, but if you wanted to talk to me about anything else, ask me a judge question, talk to me about an upcoming set, you can get me on Twitter at Lappermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. 
um, on there you can find my link tree, which will go to uh, my website, which is commanderspellbook.com, which mm-hmm. catalogs uh, all of the EDH combos and infinites that are fit to print. Uh, I, I can't imagine that there will be any combos whatsoever that you could use with oh uh, yeah there's cards. there's no way that, <laughs> no i'll tell Four you Mike, we, have, we have a bunch artifacts, of tap artifacts yeah yikes an artifact deck <laughs> artifact decks never have combos in them. no no never. our our combo brewers on uh on commander spellbook are geniuses and uh if you go on there and and put in some of your favorite cards i think you'll find some new and interesting ways to use them um so please hopefully check that out and uh Mike, why don't you tell them about our uh, our stuff and our Discord community and uh, yeah. all that stuff? Absolutely. We're going to include our Discord link in the show notes. If you want to come talk to us about cool deck ideas, if you have questions about how cards interact with each other in a social sense or in a rules sense, uh, there's going to be a lot of people there that can individually answer your question or collectively because mm-hmm. it's been nice to have the conversations that we have had at the table and how things work. And it's pretty good. And man, the amount of cards that we've gotten for the ooh, can I see that? As far as oh, it's great. Hey, yeah, I, I we might get into the point where we're just going to be gonna have like a, like a, a mailbag. Ooh, can I see that episode? Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, the thing about ooh, can I see that, right, Mike? Is that you almost kind of have to crowdsource it because right. I mean, how could one person find all of these super obscure cards? Yeah, I don't know if I mean we could look at EDA Trek and just and just sort from lowest amount of decks. I've used. done that before on Gatherer, and, and it's it's agonizing. It sounds terrifying. It's yeah. agonizing. So yeah. instead of that, come join our Discord and talk to people who can help you with that, and you know, save you. I what I'm going to guess is months worth of time. Um, mm-hmm. So don't do that. Just do this. Uh, you can also contact us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social. And you know what? Like we said before, it's been a while. It's been a hectic month or two. Or It's frankly been a, a hectic year. But we're doing our best here. But we want to give you as much content as possible we can. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for following us along. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care.